CrossFit gym. And I just kept getting niggles or hitting these blockages. So then I just kind of, again, stopped myself. I was like, why am I trying to do this? And like, what is my body trying to tell me? And as soon as I started like asking myself that question, I realized like, right, I actually want to move just more efficiently rather than lift heavier weights. So I stopped squatting for completely for eight weeks or sorry, eight months. Like I didn't squat any weights for eight months, but focused more on like body weight strength, focusing a lot more on mobility, changed up how we live change of the environment and labor with and bringing in a lot more like floor sitting and floor rest positions and and in about eight months time like when I went back to like I was like I want to see what it can squat like now within two sessions I was squatting like a heavy weight than what it was before but it was actually going through full range as to grass whereas before I couldn't get below 90 degrees um, but it was my body was moving more efficiently I was just working against the resistance of the weight rather than working against the resistance of my body I'm Luca Ridi, the host of the Feeling Alive podcast. Thank you for joining me. Here you will learn what it truly means to feel alive. Fulfillment, empowerment and true self-expression are the pillars of this podcast. I believe our greatest potential exists when our physical, mental, emotional and spiritual health are in balance. My mission is to inspire you to push your edges of comfort, regain your energetic balance and leap into your greatest potential. Question is, are you ready? And just a few things before we get going. My greatest goal is to see this podcast reaching more and more people. So if you can rate, review and share this podcast on iTunes, that would greatly help this mission. And more importantly, serve the people needing to hear this most. Does this sound like you? You've been riding an emotional seesaw of fear, anger, jealousy, guilt, or sadness. You seem to be more and more disconnected from your friends and potentially family, and you don't know why. Or you want to make some positive change in your life, but you don't know how or what you are doing isn't working. I have some good news. I've created a free five-day training, ebook, and meditation on shifting your reality. This is a powerful training to help you change your perspective on your life so far gives you a great tool to use every day and in turn shift your external reality for the better. It's a powerful training for you for free so it's a no-brainer. And if you do need further support on this journey of finding your greatest potential, I have spaces available for men and women in my Momentum Mentoring Program. You will work with me one-on-one to unpack your story, shift your perspective on matters in your past, empower you with powerful tools to use in your life and give you more clarity on your mission in life. So both links for these offers are in the show notes and if you resonate with either, please do go ahead and get involved. Most importantly, I'm grateful that you are here. So thank you and without further delay, here is your episode. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the Feeling Alive podcast with Luca Reedy. I am here in episode 19 with Finn McKenna Fox a movement and lifestyle coach with a sports physio background. He is on a mission creating to create a healthy relationship with these natural living principles that he likes to talk about. Uh, he is come from a strength conditioning background where now he focuses on movement coaching, injury mitigation, lifestyle coaching, and what he calls the natural deficit disorder. It's a powerful episode. We talk about his journey on how he actually got to that point from interning at the Sydney Swans 
to um, moving from Ireland as a, as a sports physio to training heavy weights and actually an injury that occurred that, that triggered the change and that helped him move into what he's doing now and he was able to look at what was the deeper concern and he neglected or rejected the let's say the conventional ways of healing an injury and said there's got to be more to it and that has ultimately led him down the path that he is on now so this is a powerful episode in this episode we talk about you know the injury that happened that actually moved him into the new direction what natural movement really is uh, how to incorporate strength training and natural movement in a holistic way we talk about the fundamentals of movement and mobility and how it's important in actually getting more out of your strength training uh, we talk about what it would look like with bodybuilders or triathletes or anyone of that kind coming in working and doing more natural movement and how that would affect them um, how mental health challenges, that was another big one, how mental health challenges are optimized when you're doing more of a holistic approach to your day-to-day activities, not only your training, but just in daily activities, and how nature is your greatest healer, and some of the events that he has running. Finn is a, a very, very wise teacher. He's helping many, many people in Perth with his work and also online. So you're not gonna you're not gonna be disappointed with this episode. Enjoy it. Enjoy the Irish accent too. And I would love to hear what you have to say. But without further ado, here is the episode. Peace. Welcome back to another episode. I'm here with my man Finn McKenna Fox. Finn, how are you, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. It finally, I'm finally glad to have you here um, talking about, you're actually the first one on this podcast to talk about natural movement, man. So it's a pleasure to have you here. Yeah, super excited to share some wisdom with you. Yeah, it's, it's a big honor to be on here. Yeah, man. So I guess the first aspect is, is when I, I just want to give the audience listening now a bit of a um, precursor to how I, how I met you. We did the Brave Retreat with Tim Morrison and um, day one, we like every day you were running the uh, natural movement sessions in the morning, the primal movement sessions. And um, the first day was amazing. Like it was just, it was actually a little bit easy. And I know some of the other guys were doing workouts. They're like, oh no, I thought it was going to be a harder workout. I want to, I want to go and do, they were doing like some, circuit works down the beach before the first session started at 7 a.m and then day two kicks in and then that was the day we absolutely got flogged by you (laughs) um and we weren't expecting it and so it was really cool to see that and i think we can you can probably um talk a little bit about the philosophy on that but like that is what we we when we experienced doing training without weight because it's so conditioned into us it was such Mm. a um it was such a good eye-opener for especially some of the guys there that just are used to training in a specific way. So I guess like, I guess that's that's the essence of what you do, right? But before we get into that, right, I want to talk yeah. about, before we get into that, I want to talk about something that, and I know you've probably got, a, you're a man of ritual and you've got your own morning routine. You've been doing this work for a while. Is What was one thing that you did this morning, this morning that made you feel more alive? Um, yeah, this morning, uh, just getting up and just, yeah, like it was a nice kind of jam start for the morning. Um, mm. so just, I, I just got like a little morning relaxer with a few different 
kind of supplements and stuff that I add in. Um, so just had that, and then like it's a 45 minute cycle to commute to work. So yeah, just got on a bike and got a podcast in the ears, and yeah, it was just a beautiful cycle as the sun was rising um, into work. And yeah, like that always is a beautiful way to start the day when I do that. Wicked man. So that was like some physical movement and some. Um like uh, looking after the physical body with movement, like riding to work, but also having the internal physical body healthy too with your supplements and everything. Is yeah. there any particular supplement that you're like really enjoying at the moment? Um, I've went through phases of taking lots of different stuff, but I just, yeah, I'm a man of simplicity. So I try to get as much through my nutrition rather than relying on supplements. Um, and then like the ones that I'm on now is just one that like a client has actually gifted to me. It's, I can't even remember the name of it, but it's, Basically, just a bang of um, plant-based, um, like multivitamins and just loads of goodness in there. Uh, I can yeah. pick you over the details of the name of it, but I've been taking it for the last month or so and been feeling really good. Um, awesome. But yeah, the big thing is is just trying to like get everything from a food source first, and then if you need anything, that's topping up. So, considering you are doing what you're doing now, natural movement and um, being a lifestyle coach. How you, it wasn't always the case, right? So you actually came from a sports physio background, and you had an injury that shifted your direction, yeah. um, and then you you're able to maybe you can explain the injury, but that actually took you to looking at things differently and seeing things from a different perspective. Can you talk us about talk to us about this process and exactly what happened there? Yeah, like it was something kind of spanned over a couple of years, but yeah, like when we're back in Ireland, studying and qualified as a it's, a sports and exercise and rehabilitation degree, so it's kind of like a physical therapist in the states. And yeah, and like doing it, I love the actual like the rehab side of things and strength conditioning and sports psychology side of things. And but in the final year of study, and um, I'm starting to do a lot more running, and I just kept getting this niggle in my in my body. Whereas like as soon as around like 30 minutes, I'd get pins and needles and numbness through my feet and toes, and if I kept running for yeah. about 40 minutes, like my whole calves would go completely numb. Um, and this was happening for a couple of months, it was pretty frustrating. Um, and like there was a number of physios and lectures and everything were trying to treat me for it. And they kept just saying, is that you need to go for an operation because you've got compartment syndrome. So it's kind of like carpal tunnel in your hand. That's what I had in my legs and I didn't buy it. So that started me off. Like, although like I was like learning from these guys, that started me off to kind of look for more answers with it. And that was when it started mm. to, started to really kind of like bring all my knowledge that I was learning in uni to a more of a dynamic aspect of looking at the body as a whole, rather than just focusing on where I was getting the injury through my feet, through my calves. Um, and after a couple of months of rehabbing myself, doing a lot of stuff with my pelvis and my core, my lower back, and I actually ran the first half marathon that came free and like that just kind of set me off on a whole trajectory of like this is what I need to do is like that's what I study was wow. a really good foundation but there's so much more to the bigger picture of it mm. and then yeah like just over the next two years while I was still in Ireland and then when we first traveled to Australia like I was always interested in more of a holistic approach and a lot of people was coming to me with like they come to me with the injuries, but they'd have a lot more other stuff that they'd be talking about. Like it was in the middle of the recession in Ireland. So like there's old dudes like opening up their souls, like in tears and on the table to me. And I was like in the young twenties, I was like, how do I deal with all of this? I need more life experience to deal with this because as like a physical therapist, I'm working with the body in that sense, but there, I started to realize there was a lot more to it with the emotional mm. side of things. 
things um, and starting to look into the spirituality side of things. Um, yeah. And that was when we decided to go traveling. And myself and my partner decided to go traveling to Australia to yeah, find myself more and expand what it is that I want to do. Um, yeah, and that brought us wow. to Australia. Um, and then again, when we when we went to Sydney, like uh, again, I still thought I wanted to work more in that sports side of things, and I actually started working with the Sydney Swans in an internship as a strength conditioning coach. And wow. while I was doing that, um, I got a job just as a PT in a holistic gym, who was like the runner, the owner of the gym, was a Czech practitioner and polyton coach, and. I had already started to look into that, that side of things that they were doing and um, while I was doing the strength conditioning with the swans and like a month into it I packed in the swans and just dived straight into like learning more about holistic health coaching and just getting going on a massive journey of inquiry myself around that and that was eight years ago and I haven't looked back since. It's just continually evolution wow. into more of that model and looking at how we can kind of compact so much more of the physical, mental, emotional and spiritual spiritual aspect onto it. Um, but then how that shows our interaction with physical body was how it was working at the start. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I, I had no idea you actually interned with the Sydney Swans. So yeah. you said did you did you finish your intern with them? And uh, no, like I literally just done a month with them and I realized yeah. like this is not what I want to do. I was getting more joy yeah. Helping like old ladies kind of like get back in tune with the body, starting to look at like more of yeah. that day to day stuff compared to what the, the impact that I could see that I could have in that professional sports world. And so, just a lot of things that I do, like, uh, I just like when I know what I need to do, I don't think about it, I just do it. So, that was yeah. one of the turning points where like it was a massive change in trajectory for me, but it just felt right. So, I just yeah, said thank you and finished up with that. And, Started pursuing more of the health, the holistic aspect of, of what I was doing. Amazing. And so you said something pretty interesting in there. You said that um, you didn't buy it. So when you were getting diagnosed with what your injury was and that you needed surgery, you, you just pretty much didn't buy it. What actually made you feel like that? Like, what was there? Was there like innate wisdom that was coming through through you where you were just thinking, nah, there's something more to this? There has to be? Like, what was that? Awesome question. Actually, looking back, like where I was whenever that was coming to me, I probably didn't really even think into it much. But like knowing of how that is such a common thread for me now, and being able to re- mm. reflect back, it like yeah, it would have just came true to me at least. And it's like no, there's something else yeah. here. Like we need to yeah. look more than more than what's on the surface level and start digging deeper. And like that's something that has like basically curtailed me for like with everything that I do is like I don't take things as face value. I always ask that question why and I look for the alternative routes and then see does it like see does that come back full circle to what the initial thing was or do yeah. I need to like reassess and kind of take a different approach and um, go back and uh, whenever that was happening I just knew there was more to it. Um, yeah. it was just uh, I was just being shown one side of it. So I thought that I'm not on the court to actually dig deeper and figure out what yeah. was going on. Wow, that's crazy. That's awesome. I think we all need to start questioning things more often too, don't we? Yeah. But so there's there's the you've got you've come from sports physio background, you've come from strength and conditioning, doing internships, and you've gone into that holistic approach through your injuries. Though, where did natural movement come in? Because that's really a big part of your work now. Although you do do strength, but what is this natural movement, and where did it come from? 
Um, like again, with so much of what I do, it's always been directed by my own self inquiry, um, and like what, like figuring out what was going on in myself and what I needed to work on in myself. So, like even like once I started down that holistic path, I was still training in a more of a traditional manner, but starting to look at things a little bit differently. Um, yeah. but like once we came to Perth and settled in Perth, that was when I actually opened up my business and. Like that was back seven years ago, and again, it was more treating in a traditional way, um, training in a traditional way, but starting to bring in more of the holistic aspect of looking at nutrition, looking at mindset. But as I started digging deeper into new things myself, I started understanding how there was more of a changeover and how I needed to start making these shifts. And like over the next about three or four years, there was a constant evolution of how I was doing things as I was like fixing and healing my body through more of a natural aspect of movement then I was able to see is like this is what we need to do with my clients so instead of like someone coming in with like a shoulder injury and doing like your traditional physio exercises with the bands and all of that sort of stuff I realized like learning how to hang from a bar and um, is going to strengthen up your shoulder a lot more learning how to bring in some basic crawling patterns like it's a really fun and an intuitive way of actually learning how to strengthen and work with your body so it was just that constant evolution as I was going with that. Um, wow. And then as I was gaining more awareness and more confidence in my abilities as a, like a healer as well as bringing in different aspects of spirit, more of the spiritual side of things, that allowed me yeah. to step more into what it is that I wanted to do and how I wanted to work with people. Um, mm. And it was interesting over the course of the next few years, like it transitioned from like more of a traditional style gym into a CrossFit gym. And when it did that, I was able to kind of reinvent how I was working um, and on the clients that I was calling in. And I was in a CrossFit gym for a couple of years, but then I got invited to move into like a movement gym. And then as I'd done that, again, I reinvented and like upscaled everything that I was doing because I was stepping more into what I was doing. So then it was attracting more to the clients that were sitting reminded. And it's that constant yeah. evolution. Like as I'm called into these new spaces, I'm able to reinvent myself and constantly change the norm with things. Um, like, yeah, it's been a massive beautiful transition and like where I am now like it again it's like I ended up taking like a year and a half out from my own business um, due to like just my own self-care like there's too many other ex- um, external stressors and actually dealing with a lot of um, mental health and things over over a span of a couple of months I just decided I needed to separate myself away from the business to look after myself again um, yeah. but I, at the start of last year was when I started going back into doing everything but again doing it from like fully stepping into doing it how I want to do it. Um, and that was a yeah. massive shift and change in trajectory. Um, but yeah, like it's that constant evolution. And like the more we tap into our truth and our like belief in ourselves, like that allows us to step into where it is that we need to go and how we want to serve. Yeah, that's that's amazing, man. You're definitely following also like um that it, integrity within you that alignment so you know if you're not feeling a hundred percent you're not going to go and continue on in your work and burn yourself out so that's a testament to a really integral coach right like you gotta just embody what you believe yeah and that was it like in like with the movement side of things i was working in like an amazing movement facility for a couple of years and um, but i still felt like i was out of that integrity in the self because I was trying to smash myself with the training that I was doing, but I realized that that training, like it wasn't until I separated myself away from that and started like yeah. really looking deeper in myself and deeper in that self-inquiry, you started realizing that actually that what I was chasing with the movement practice was due to the environment that I was in and not what I, what 
speak for myself and like yeah. I actually remember spending like an hour writing and journaling on the topic of why the hell do I feel like I need to have a minute handstand and at the end of that I was just like it had nothing to do like that wasn't an actual goal for myself that was just because I felt that's what I needed to be doing in the environment that it was um, yeah. and like again like that was one of the reasons why it was pulling me away from doing running pulling me away from doing like more of the natural movement like arm flow primary play type movements because like I had to be more structured in this like working towards these goals that weren't my goals but they were the environmental goals of that side of the movement whereas um, what I love is doing more of the intuitive style of movement like the primary play doing a lot more of the locomotion crawling patterns as well as having that mm. structured strength on top of that and um, but yeah. for me personally finding what was lighting me up and what I needed to work on myself was what was key rather than what I should be doing because other people's perceptions of it yeah okay so you were sort of disconnecting what should be done in the strength and f- can or say just the health and fitness um industry and you're just more focusing on what lights you up and what you mm. enjoy doing the most yeah and that's one of the things that of course said everyone on the work with it's like this is what i do this is what i love but that doesn't mean you should be doing it this way as well it's like I, my yeah, whole idea wow. is to teach you how to know and understand yourself teach you how to know and understand your body and then wow. from there you're able to figure out what it is your body needs at that time and like over at the brave like it was a typical example like there was people from all different walks of life there there was a couple of like big crossfit dudes there there was a couple of guys that had just traditional gym goers and there's other guys that hadn't really trained and starting to introduce the style of movement that i was doing was a big eye-opener from them and it's not to say what i do is better than what they do it's showing them it's like there's ways of doing things that's going to be more natural for your body but then learning how that would fit in with your stuff so like with the crossfitters Like I was telling them, by working some of this sort of stuff into their body so they're going to be able to move a lot more efficiently, that's actually going to help after CrossFit. Um, you don't have to stop your CrossFit, but like you, by looking after your body and being able to move smoother through there, when you bring that back to your CrossFit, you're going to be moving a lot more efficiently to throw the weights around that you need to be doing. And yeah. Again, that, that was what happened with myself. With it. Like I was smashing the body for so long because it was going to be a very ego-dominated aspect of my training. Like, when I was doing CrossFit, when I was doing certain different movements, like more traditional kind of like movement culture type stuff, it was all eight second based, um, and it was mm. working with my body, and like even with the squats, like I was trying to like squat heavier weights because I was doing like in the CrossFit gym, and I just kept getting niggles or hitting these blockages. So then I just kind of again mm. stopped myself. I was like, why am I trying to do this? And like, what is my body trying to tell me? And as soon as I started like asking myself that question, I realized like, right, I actually want to move just more efficiently rather than lift heavy weights. So I stopped yeah. squatting for completely for eight weeks or sorry, eight months. Like I didn't squat any weights for eight months, but focused more on like body weight strength, focusing a lot more on mobility, changed up how yeah. we lived, changed up the environment and labor and bringing in a lot more like floor sitting and floor rest positions. And and in about eight months time like when i went back to like i was like i want to see what it can squat like now within two sessions i was squatting like a heavy weight than what it was before but it was actually wow. going through full range as to grass whereas before i couldn't get below 90 degrees wow um, as my body was moving more efficiently i was just working against the resistance of the weight rather than working against the resistance of my body and my movement patterns and the weight and like it was like wow. just stuff like that was a massive like eye opening for me. Um, and again, like that's what I'm always working and teaching 
people that I work with is that the more they tune into their body, that's where they get that awareness to see what it is their their body needs in that time, and then what yeah. they can do to help create that pattern around that. Yeah, that's amazing, man. So that almost segues into the next question, but like. So you do believe in strength, but you also believe in moving efficiently more so. And so what I'm hearing from your story is that you actually found more strength when you went and started getting more mobility and yeah. natural movement in the body. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. And I guess yeah, one of the wow. things like you see, like my, some of the biggest coaching cues that I'm working on people through movement is making it pretty. Is like you want to try to yeah. make the movement as pretty and smooth and as efficient as possible because that's where you're just working against the restrictions in that movement. Whereas if you're trying to squat, for instance, and you can't squat below 90 degrees and you're running over through your shoulders, but then you throw a big heavy weight on your back and you're trying to do that for reps, it's like you're working against your body. You're not like you're not just working against it. Yeah. And that's going to greatly in- in- increase your chance of injury. Whereas if you work on developing yeah. a better movement pattern within yourself, so then you can sit in an ass grass squat pretty comfortably, and that's a red comfortable resting position. Then you own that right to start lifting weights again. But it's one of them things is like putting ego aside and like working with your body to get the movement pattern move more efficiently with your body. Yeah, right. So you mentioned movement patterns there a bit. What is what is actually movement patterns? Um, so it's basically when we strip it down, it's like the like best way to explain it is like looking at a kid. Like, there's so many people say when they look at a squat, like, everyone knows what a nice squat looks like. You just have to look yeah. like any kid that's just sitting there, like, ass, like sitting with the backside on their heels, the chest up nice and tall, a nice straight spine. Like, that is the squat movement pattern. Like, and that is something that is ingrained in every single one of us. But as we get older, yeah. we lose that pattern. So then it becomes, like, it becomes real clunky. Like, there's restrictions in our ankles and maybe restrictions uh. in our hips back okay. so then when you're trying to do a squat like you might you see some people where they start rounding through their whole shoulders and spine like they're not able to get down really low as they're going down like the heels might lift off the floor so that means their movement pattern isn't smooth and efficient so then that's when we need to scale things back and look at making that pattern a lot smoother so then they're just moving with a lot more ease um, mm. and like that's when, like, when we look at that child development aspect of it like, like my kids have been my biggest teacher of movement mm. because like there's a lot of guys like um, Greg Huff, who has a functional movement screening system in from the States. Like he done a lot of research back in the day on this. And like he's got like certain like the certain movement milestones every child develops. So first of all, like when they're lying on the back, they start moving their eyes in the direction they want to move. And then they start like moving their eyes and then like, they start rolling over. And then as they start rolling over, then they're able to start getting up onto the hands and knees. And then once they're on their hands and knees, they start rocking motions where they're rocking forward and back. And all of these all of these certain things are milestones that they're hitting in their movement to allow them to be able to finally get up and stand and walk. Um, like a kid mm-hmm. can't walk until they can sit in the bottom of a squat. And once they can sit in the bottom of the squat, then they're able to get up and take the first few steps and start progressing yeah. from there. But as soon as we start putting like footwear on the shoes that are on the kids, that's going to be really heavy, restrictive. That's taking away some of them patterns, and already that's going to be screwing up some of them key fundamental movements that they are learning. And um, so it's looking at like where we can adopt more of that natural living principles of like being barefoot as much as possible, like having space where you're constantly sitting on the floor instead of sitting on chairs as much as possible, and like bringing changing up your environment to allow movement into all aspects of your day, like what we were designed to do. 
like that's where our bodies are going to be moving a lot more efficiently and that's where we're going to get a lot more benefits and everything that we want to do. Mm. That's powerful, man. That's really cool. So it's something that, yeah, I hadn't actually understood before, but that makes a lot of sense. So I guess you you do have a strength philosophy. You do use weights yourself, right? Yeah. So like yeah. your your thing is just a mixture of using it and using the getting the right range of motion, um, the movement patterns and getting the right movement patterns. And if you can't do that with the weights, you go back to doing more natural movement and flexibility and locomotion stuff. Is that right? Yeah, like, and at the end of the day, it all comes back to, like, why you're doing it. There's, like, yeah. a lot of people are going to the gym because they're just going to the gym. They're, like, they want to look yeah. off, like, they want to be better about themselves. But actually, like, why are you doing this? Like, what is your mm. goal for, for this? So, like, my, tra- my training has completely shifted in the last month or so because I've got different goals in mind now because I want to be able yeah. to run for 12 hours in an ultramarathon in a couple of months' time. I need to ensure that my body's in a capable position to allow myself to do that. Whereas wow. before I wasn't I wasn't doing that. So then it was like my goals were just like wanting to work on a couple of specific a specific strength motions and strength movements that I just wanted like it's iron and that decreases for myself. And like it all yeah, comes back yeah. to like what what your foundations are in your movement, what your goals are in the movement and then why you were choosing to put certain exercises in there. And is that allowing you to step towards your goals or are you just doing it for the sake of just moving and training? Yeah, again, that's that. That's awesome. And so much of that comes back to asking yourself the questions at the start. It's like, why are you doing what you do? Yeah, like, that ties in like with your value system, with everything. It's like, are you doing yeah. it for the sake of doing it, or are you doing it because this is what you feel like your body needs, or are you doing it because this is what the environment around you says that you should be doing? Mm. Like, it's learning to come back to yourself and learning how what it is your body needs, and then how you can start giving that to your body. Yeah, so the greatest question you can ever ask yourself is why am I doing this? Mm, totally. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So so for instance, like we've got someone doing bodybuilding or lifting weights, right? You said just going to the gym. Um, they do have a purpose, say they want to compete or something. Um, well, they're, they're first, this is the first time that they're hearing about movement and mobility um, and they've come to you. They're like they've come to you and they've gone, look, I realize my range of motion shit. Uh, I don't really like doing bicep curls. You can't really do much else now. Like what's, mm. what would you say is important for them? How would you like approach that situation and, and how would you help them shift to getting more range of motion in their body? Um, so the biggest thing like that would be, it's looking at, it's like, right, why do they want to start doing this? Is it if they're moving more efficiently in the body, is that going to help the sport that they're doing? Plus, mm. looking at the long-term aspect, looking at that longevity element of that as well, it's like by moving more efficiently now and bringing that into your day-to-day, that's what's going to mm. help you move without being like crippled over when you're like 50 or 60 years old. Um, yeah. And then moving from there, it's like all to start off, like once you assess a body and figure out right where the limit, limitations are in that body, and start creating like a daily habit around specific movements that you can start feeding your body to allow your body to start opening up so that might be like a 15-20 minute routine that is designed mm. specifically for your body um, and like having that structured routine but then looking at like how we can create more of a specific routine around your training pattern as well so if you're a bodybuilder it's like what are you doing as your warm up can we change that up so you're moving more efficiently before you go into your strength session yeah. but then the biggest thing that I always come back to is like what are you doing outside of your gym it's like you yeah. can have the best mobility program, you can have the best strength program. 
But if that's just like an hour a day, say for four or five minutes a week, like that's a very little space of time in your week that you're spending on looking after your body. It's like, what are you doing day to day, like for the rest of them hours that's going to have a negative effect on your body? It's like, are you sitting lying up on the sofa? Are you sitting in your car? Or like, are you walking around in big heavy footwear? Or like, what are these different things that you're doing in your day to day that's having an effect and impact on how you move? And how we can start bringing awareness and looking at how we can bring movement into every single aspect of your life. And that could be mm. the importance of like looking at your footwear and going more of a barefoot, minimal style footwear. So that's allowing your feet to move more freely. And that's giving you a better mm. foundation to step from. It's looking at how you can incorporate more like ground living practices. So when you're at home, like you might, instead of having a dining room table where you're sitting on the chair, you might cut the legs of your dining room table and have it and be sitting on the cushion where you're down nice and low and eating your dinner through yeah. that. It could be like removing one of your sofas. So if you're lying at home watching TV in the evening time, you're not lying up in this, on the sofa, like you could be sitting on a cushion on the floor and like just allowing yourself to adapt these different ground positions while you're there. And like these are ways you can start bringing lots and lots of movement into all different little snippets of your day. And the more you start doing that, the more you start inviting more movement into your day, that's when your body's going to start adapting and changing a lot more yeah. and a lot quicker. Yeah, that's powerful, man. I, I actually respect that and I do understand that. It'd be also very funny to see a big bodybuilder cutting the legs off his table and sitting down eating. It took me well over a year to convince my wife to allow us to do it. <laughs> but so you've done there. that? Yeah, yeah. Wow, so you just sit on the floor? Yeah, so like we're on the floor like 90% of the time. Like We have a sofa um, and like, like my wife, she's got a rocking chair. She wanted a rocking chair from when she was breastfeeding. Um, yeah. But yeah, like we have a sofa, but like I mainly use the sofa as a backrest. Like in my lead lie up on the sofa a little bit, but more of the time I spend on the actual floor. So like we just have open space in the floor and a constant rug down, so we can just sit in these different different floor positions and constantly shifting and changing how we move. And then the same, like when we're eating, we all sit around like at the low down dining room table where we cut the legs off, and we all have our cushions that we sit at and like spend our time doing that. And um, like it's like. Like the more we do that, like that had massive effects on all of our bodies, and like you can even wow. see with our kids, like like our first daughter, and um, she started walking when she was just over a year or so, whereas like our second daughter, like she just turned one there, she was walking by the time she was nine months, but because we wow. spent so much time on the floor, like she's constantly learning from her environment, so then our bodies adapt a lot quicker because this is what we do. Wow! So she was walking in nine months. That's pretty quick, right? That's ridiculous. Like she, yeah, she's wow. running around the place, climbing up and everything now. Like it's, it's amazing to see how quick the bodies adapt. But like even seeing the difference yeah. in like my oldest daughter compared to my youngest daughter, and like even with my youngest daughter, like we still like we done like a lot of baby wear, and like we didn't like we didn't have any advances or anything. Like we still had like a floor living philosophy, but not as ingrained as as what we had more mm. recently. And you can see such a shift and a difference in them. Mm, that's awesome dude so i guess like you also do you like you're integrating a lot of spiritual and uh principles as well and just getting them back to reconnect to nature right yeah. that like i'm looking at say now we've got the bodybuilder and we've got a tri triathlete coming to like yeah you'll look at them the same way you did the bodybuilders like how can i change the different ways you're like moving at home what's your warm-up blah 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 how would like, would there be, say you've got a triathlete coming to you, they're quite active, they've got a good movement practice, like, 
but they they're, they're missing something else and say it is that nature deficit disorder you talk about or it is something like a spirit a lack of um spiritual connection or energetic connection like they come to you for something like that how do you work with uh people or athletes like that um yeah like it's basically it's, no matter who it is that i'm working with like if it's a bodybuilder if it's a triathlete or if it's like the lady down the road like i have such a wide variety of clients it's all this yeah. kind of work through the same, same basic philosophy of like like understanding yourself like it all comes back to understanding yourself better knowing who you are like what are your values and like are you living in line with your values or are you living against your values and like where that may be, how we can start changing habits and changing patterns around that so we can start shining that light of awareness onto different aspects of your life to see how we can start inviting more joy into what you need to do in these different aspects of your life. And like for someone that is a triathlete, like they might be like spending lots of time outdoors, but that could be like constantly in that high stress environment for push, 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 push. So it might be the matter of look with them and say, like, right, what are you doing to actually slow down and allow your body to actually drop into that parasympathetic nervous system response where you can actually bring more of that rest and digest and more of that relaxation in. Like, because that's going to allow you to recover a lot better. So that might be looking at, it's like, are you getting outside? Are you spending time barefoot? Are you spending time just connecting with nature and just being and just bringing in breathing practice and stuff? Whatever it may be to help them slow down and bring their body back into that rest phase so then their body can recover and heal a lot better and then that's going to have a little of effect on everything as well mm, okay that's that's amazing and so i touched on the nature deficit disorder which you talk about on your yeah. website and, and i know just from knowing you for that short period you're you're big on that you even have those barefoot shoes which connect you <laughs> with the copper plug to the earth and i and yeah. i love it man because i like every chance, like I had that hike that we did, I did it barefoot because any opportunity to connect with nature and get that ionic exchange, I think the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and science yeah, yeah. is showing that too now. So you're a big believer in like being barefoot or being oh. connected to nature, right? Totally, totally. Like, and it kind of started just by chance for me. It's like, like whenever we first came over to Australia, it's like, like as I said earlier, like we spent like the first bit of time working in Sydney, but then we spent the last six months kind of traveling around and, like as part of that, like we had to do some regional work in, and like I was actually working on, on a building site in Darwin for a couple of months. And like while I was working up there, I was wearing like these big heavy steel boots every single day. Um, yeah. But as soon as we finished that, like I remember like throwing in boots in, in the bin and then not wearing shoes for the next three months. And like just wow. the difference I felt in the body by doing that. That was as I was driving down the East Coast from Darwin and the whole way around the Perth. Like I did I wore shoes once because we got to the nightclub when we were in Byron bit or somewhere but like the rest of the time like was completely barefoot and i just doing that and feeling the difference in my body like i didn't know any of the science of grinding or any of that stuff i just knew it felt awesome in my body mm. and then it wasn't until i started kind of looking into it a bit more and it's like right i'm back and perfect back in civilization i need to get some footwear that's allowed me to be as barefoot as possible because again when i was working in the traditional gym i couldn't train in barefoot so in getting like the vibrant five footers and then as that kind of evolved, like I found the likes of the air runners, which had like the copper plugs in the bottom, which was bringing more of that electrical energy from the earth into your body as well. And I started researching yeah. a lot more of the science around barefoot and like in grounding your energy in to help bring your body into more of a relaxation state, to reduce the inflammation and the inflammatory heart in the body. And sort of mm-hmm. adapting a lot more of that, which 
to me, it always started off like, I know I feel way better when I'm barefoot, yeah. when I'm connected to nature compared to when I'm not. And that's where yeah. I'm just getting people to start tapping into that as well. Like, even if yeah. you don't believe in that hippie do that stuff, it's like, you know, as soon as you get walking like the wet grass, or if you, as soon as you walk down onto the beach, your body just goes like, ah, right, I'm relaxing. Yeah. Like, whatever yeah. it is, like, that's what it is. And it is getting people to start tapping into that. But then on top of that, as we start kind of going more of that barefoot flow, it's looking at the physiological aspect of it. it's like if you're wearing restricted footwear, how, what that is doing to your body. Like if you've got like shoes that are like or, or causing your toes to be like real tight and clenched up, like that's going to be limiting range of motion in all your joints and your feet. So then that's going to have a roll on effect for the rest of your body. Like if you've got like shoes that have a heel, that means like you're going to have you're going to that's going to cause restrictions in and shorten your heel standing, which is going to have a roll on effect elsewhere in your body. And it's like when the body is limited with certain movements, then it has to buy up that movement somewhere else of the kinetic chain. So by stripping things back and going adapting more of that barefoot style, it's like one, you're getting that nature connection, you're getting that ion exchange with, with the earth, but as well as that, your body is actually starting to reset itself and go back to what it needs to do and starting to like really ground in and start strengthening up your foundations in your feet, which is going to have that impact mm. up through your whole connection yeah wow that's amazing and also like people that like i've got tough feet now and i'm sure you've got tough feet but for the people that are like listening and don't really have tough feet because i know you did a 30 what a 30k run yesterday and like a couple k's of it was barefoot um that's not that's not normal i hope you realize that by the way <laughs> yeah and wife, like whenever it comes back she was like you did well <laughs> <laughs> totally and like so we'll touch on that big run in a sec but like you for the people that don't really have strong feet i guess you can just go go to the park take your feet off put on the grass or walk on the sand at the beach right instead of like um yeah doing totally. a hike or like and that's like. the thing like with me like it's like again touching what we talked about earlier it's like learning to tap in and listen to your body and not see what your body's mm. capable of and then slowly start to like reshuffle and strengthen up your foundations and start building from there. Like if you'd never went barefoot yeah. before and then you like throw away your shoes and just start walking out and go barefoot, like more than likely you will like hurt your feet. You might like you you might get really tight and sore calves. You might have certain issues through there. And this is something that we've seen so much as it's become a lot more about kind of phrase and people just end mm-hmm. up blaming like the barefoot shoes. Or whatever on the go. I had these shoes and they got injured, but it's like our body has adapted to walking how we walk with whatever footwear we have. So we need to slowly transition our body out and get our body used to that. So it might be like the matter of like walking barefoot in the grass every day if you can. And then after that, then see, can you start bringing that in a little bit more? Maybe buying a pair of like more minimalist barefoot shoes that have like a zero heel drop and start wearing them, but like don't start wearing them for like a full 12 hour shift. Maybe wear them for like an hour or two a day for a couple of days and build that up over a space of a couple of weeks to again allow your body to change and adapt to what it is and then transition yeah. on from there. Like even for myself, like as we talked about at the start, when I had my running injury, like it was like they thought I had compartment syndrome, but it was because my feet were so screwed up from the footwear that I was wearing and like with old ankle injuries and stuff, like that was causing so much issues. So like the shoes that I had to wear when I was running, like were like massive heel support, this massive arch support to help with that impact. So if I went straight away to try to wear a minimalist shoe, I'd get like plantar fasciitis, so like a short, like as if someone just stabbed a knife in the arch of my foot. 
because my body wasn't able to adapt from like going from one extreme to the other. So it matter over the space of the next few years, I started making changes. I began got a new pair of shoes that slowly take the gap away a little bit more, slowly bring the gap away a little bit more, walking barefoot more, starting to bring that in. But then as well as that, started to look at like what I needed to do to change how I run, change how I walked, like make, make again, the movement pattern a lot smoother. Instead of being like a heel striker, which has caused impact through the heel, coming the whole way up, starting to walk more than that, like rolling from the heel onto your foot, onto your big toe. When I was running, it's adapting my running style as well. Like I had to go through a whole process of changing how I ran. Because wow. again, like when you look at someone running, it's like runners have like something like over 60% injury rate. Like that's not just by wow. chance. That's just because people's bodies have adapted to running with these runners that have a big heel, have this big ankle support on them. So if you look at any pictures of people running, like on, like on the night guards and stuff, you always see like they're landing with the front foot on the heel, which is causing that big impact. That's just like pounding, pounding, pounding every step. Whereas if you look at the likes of like the barefoot runners, the Talamari uh, tribe in South America and stuff, who run barefoot for like days on end, because like they don't run with the heel on the ground because they know that straight away have like compound fractures and cause so many issues. Whereas they have more of a barefoot style where they're landing on the midfoot, pushing off the toe. So like with that, I had to go through a whole process of changing and adapting my running technique to allow myself to run a lot smoother and adapt that. And it's something that I'm constantly fine tuning. Yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing, man. Your commitment to your your work, like you're always reassessing, you're always like looking at yourself and going, how can I be better? Which is what, a, like, I mean, you want that in any coach or anyone that you work with and give your money to to help guide you back to your 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 true self, your health, your true yeah. health, and find finding your alignment. You want to invest in someone that practices themselves. So that's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. But also, I'm like, also, that, sorry. sorry, keep going. No, like I was just going to say, like, and that's the thing, like, it's that taking that mindset with everything that you do. It's like, yeah. like, it's like when you look at like your spiritual growth, like you don't just do something and then it's like, oh, I've got it, I'm, I'm good enough. It's like you're constantly at that evolution, constantly searching, yeah. constantly going through the process and doing the work on yourself with that to constantly better yourself. Same as with mm. your physical body, same with everything. It's like, it's that constant evolution. Like as soon as you feel like you've got everything, that means you're screwed because you just you're just plateaued. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Hey, you always got to be learning. You're always the mm. the student of life. And yeah, totally. dude, I mean, let's talk about this running for a sec because you got me really interested in this. Is like, um, I've been saying because I've just started running with uh, my partner Danielle. She's yeah. a swimmer, so she can. I mean, she's been to the Olympics. She's been in the pool. She's she can swim um, incredibly well, but her. Mm. Her uh, her gift isn't on the land; it's in the pool, right? So, like when yeah. we when we do exercise, and I'm a runner, and she's just started wanting to running uh, to run again, and so she's like, "Do you want me to? Um, do you want to come and help me run?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. Like, I'll I'll come and help you run." And I go into all automatic coach mode and like, <laughs> you know, like the um the sergeant, and I love that, but um. I was saying to her the same thing that you mentioned, but I run with shoes. So mm. there's a, the two things to this is one, you recommend running on your forefoot when you are adjusting your running technique, you're running on your forefoot. And two, how can we transition and do you recommend transitioning to no, uh, no footwear for running or different types of shoes? 
the biggest thing is like it's that like it's assessing where you are with everything that you do and then being able to make a plan of attack from there. Like it's looking at like what your foundations are and everything. It's like like for running it's not just what you're doing when you're putting one foot in front of the other on the track. It's like how what's like what's the strength like and through your whole entire legs. Like do you feel like there's any like if you do like a single leg kind of squat variation or single leg deadlift, do you feel like there's the same balance on one side than the other or do you feel there's one discrepancy it's like can you do like a barefoot squat with good range or is there limitations in your ankles or limitations in your hips and like starting off with your foundations like the same thing comes with everything it's like assessing where your foundations are at with your basic movements and then from there look at what you can do to start making them changes in, in all of these areas it's not just what you're doing when you're running yeah and um, yeah and then from that as well, like it's even looking like if you've had old ankle injuries or different injuries, like what your proprioception and balance is like. Is it can you stand on one leg with your eyes closed, or is your ankle like constantly like flying around the place trying to find that gravity and find that center spot? Like it's mm-hmm. there. These are all little drills that you can start working on to start retraining your body, how to start strengthening up through there. Um, yeah, and then works. once you have them foundations and that, that's when you can start looking at like what running drills you can do to start tweaking up your technique and get a lot smoother. And, and yeah. more streamlined, but I can see it in Bevan, it's going to be like that gradual transition with it. You're not going to get it yeah. just like that. Um, and like it's like working on like it's working where you can make these shifts and changes in the different aspects of your day, like how you're positioning yourself day to day, like when you're sitting down, like on the floor, can you get your hips open? Because all of that stuff is going to have a roll on effect in how your feet are moving, how your hips are moving. Yeah. And then building that into with your running, like if you want to run with shoes or without shoes, it's like I wouldn't recommend running without shoes or going straight to like a pair of minimalist shoes straight off the bat. And it could yeah. be the matter of slowly transitioning yourself down. Like if you get a pair yeah. of the likes of like Beagles or if you want to run in like your air runners and stuff, like make sure you spend time walking around in them first so your body's used to that. And then yeah. start building that up, maybe go for a light little job where you go for a bit of a walk, run, walk, run, walk, run, and then slowly start building up. It's not just going like kicking your shoes off and running 10k straight off the back because you're going to have a pretty sore after that. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, that's good to know. Um, I don't think I'll kick my shoes off anytime soon. But <laughs> I would like to I'd like to do it more often for sure. Yeah. Um, we yeah, do some barefoot hikes and we, mm. which has been good. Like we just take it, we like just barefoot whenever we can and just get into nature and Sometimes you get a few little rocks in there, but other than that, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking down, it's, so, like, it's like the likes of looking, looking at what like your ground floor game and like your like what you're doing, like how your house is set up to be conducive to how you want to live. It's like like yeah. even if, like yeah, as you're doing your computer work, it's like are you sitting up at a desk or can you bring that down to a coffee table and like sit in different positions where you could be like opening your hips when you're sitting down there, you could be sitting in different positions where you're opening your ankles when you're on the floor and constantly shifting and moving these different positions because that's going to have a yeah. positive role on effect and how you're starting to move elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, amazing, man. And like, okay, so it's, so let's like think about everything that you've just said. Like you've got, you've, you've thrown a lot at us here um, <laughs> about a whole new way to look at the body, especially mm-hmm. in movement. Let's look at the mind for a second because a big issue in, in this real world is mental health, whether that's anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, suicidal thoughts, um, all those things that come with mental health concerns, challenges. Yeah. Um, how would 
how does your natural living approach and holistic approach help with someone like that? I mean, I know it will, but just how would you sort of see that it expl- it would help someone with mental health challenges? Again, like with something like that, like it all comes back to getting the individual to start connecting back with themselves. The more they can connect yeah. with themselves, like that's where they're going to be able to start seeing changes from where they need to make these changes. Mm-hmm. Like, in, like with movement, I just use it as a pillar and an access yeah. point to start working on people. Like, because like a lot of people, like this, they may start, they think like, right, their life's coming shit. Like they're in like this high stress job or like, they're just feeling like crap for themselves. So like looking at their exercise, like, oh, that's something that I can do that will help me, maybe make you start feeling better. So like that can be like an in, or into them mm-hmm. to start looking at everything else. But then once we start doing a little bit of work within the movement side of things, that's where we start looking at like that self inquiry in everything. And start expanding yeah. out from there. Um, but yeah. again, like it's very big when working with people and getting them to start tapping into their awareness of self, looking at their values, yeah. looking at where they lie within their values, and becoming aware yeah. of that. Because a lot of times it's it's one of the things we don't look at. Like and like when we don't know what these key important things are for us, when we don't even know from that, it's like of course you're going to be all over the place because you don't know what your baseline is. So by getting someone to start yeah. tapping like that's opening that awareness so then then have that control and that power to start mm-hmm. making conscious choices and how, on what they need to do for themselves yeah that's like that's, it that's all goes back to awareness yeah the first thing hey everyone that most people that i've actually interviewed always are saying they're coming back to awareness self-awareness awareness mm-hmm. of the self especially with tim's last episode on on the ego it was like the biggest yeah. thing is to understand you know who you are and and to notice those moments where you're deviating away, deviating away from your truth, yeah, like totally. I mean, even just movement in itself, we all know that the effect that that has, the positive effect that, that has on the body as well, right? So, like, I love how you're connecting nature back there to it, and your lifestyle coaching is like it's not just one size fits all. There's like there's so many different components, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, it is a holistic approach to really getting a whole life, and that whole life is fulfillment and empowerment and um, more happiness in your life right yeah for sure like it is like it, yeah. it's one of the things like so many people just compartmentalize everything it's like oh i'm just going to look up my exercise like what i'm doing in the gym and i might i might um, spruce up the diet a little bit and that's going to make everything better and then like they try that yeah. for a while like they're feeling a bit more confident in the gym start losing a couple of pounds because they're cleaning up their diet but then something happens at work and then shit hits the fan and they're stressed again and everything just drops out and then as like the yeah. new thing, they just beat themselves up because I'm a failure because you can't stick to that. Whereas yeah, if we totally. look at that, it's like, right, that's a pattern that so many people are in. It's like they try to make these changes in their exercise or they try to make these changes in their diet, but then they're not able to stick to that. If we start looking, it's like, right, what's going on? Like, what is that under root cause of that pattern? Like that could be coming mm. down to it's like you're not aware of what your external stresses are. You're not aware of what your triggers are. So then whenever mm. these, you're like you've got a couple of these small triggers that are building and building and building then just as soon as they get to a certain point that's where everything just pops and you don't have any any tools in your toolbox to help deal with that and that's where you just revert back into that old patterns or that sabotage mm-hmm. like so much of it comes back to like we're constantly living this roller coaster we're searching these big highs but then we get these big lows whereas if we mm-hmm. can start becoming more aware of where we're at understanding what are the things that bring us up and give us that positive 
like understanding what things we can do for ourselves that's going to fill our cup and allow ourselves to be feeling really good and full so we can have that excess energy and love for our cavern providers. Then that gives us that heightened awareness of the conscious choices that we can make to allow that to happen. But then yeah. on the flip side of that, once we're aware of what our triggers are, once we're aware of what them things are that pull us down, you can see them as they're starting to happen and you can catch them a lot sooner rather than letting that get to like rock bottom and then you have to pull yourself back out. You can catch yourself a lot sooner and being able to start pulling from these things that you know that's going to help fill you up to bring you out of that. So you're not getting such high peaks or you're not getting such high drops. Mm. And like you're going to be more in that balance with it. Mm. That's amazing, man. I really respect and like again, that. Like that's where, and that's where we bring all aspects of it together in that sort of holistic model with it. It's like, it's not just your movement. It's not just like your nature time. It's not just like your connection with family and loved ones. It's not just like your spiritual practice, your breathful practice. Like these are all yeah. things that you have that allows you to pull on these different things at different points of your life. That's going to allow everything to rise together. Yeah, and the totally more we look yeah. at how to create habits around all of them, that's where you're going to start creating the changes and seeing them shifts continually go. So something that might have pulled you down, kept you in a really low patch for like a week or so in the end, like that might just be half a day and then you're able to do something for yourself out of it. And then that half a yeah. day can get a little bit less and could be a little bit more, but you have these things that you're pulling yourself out of. Yeah. And like one of the yeah. biggest yeah. things that I always say to clients as well, like when I'm working with them, is like understanding yourself and being aware of yourself and knowing what a couple of these like key go-to things are for you that you that are like a low energy output for a high energy input like that's going to be goals so like what that means like it could be the matters like you know is like if just going outside and just feeling the sun on your skin that just something that just brings you so much joy and so much energy that's a tool that you can pull on whenever like you could be in the office having a really shit day and someone just piles all of this stuff on top of you and then you just catch yourself in that you're like right i'm like super overwhelmed i just need to take myself outside for a minute and then yeah, that's something yeah. you can do yourself out. You can just feel, feel, it, feel the sun and your skin, touch a tree, have that nice, couple of yeah. nice breaths, and then go back in. That's going to allow you to go back in in a more balanced space rather than in yeah. that overwhelm. And that could be anything mm-hmm. for you. Like, it could be like you'll have, like, in getting people to have, like, a whole go to like, box of these things in, the, in, the, like, in, their, medical, in their medical bag like, that they can pull upon to pull themselves out when they need it. Yeah that's that's exactly what we do need is that just those little things in the medicine bag but so on the medicine bag i guess this is a good question now is like what are you what do you believe there's some three natural living principles or three just holistic living principles that or techniques or methods that tools say that people can put in this medicine bag that people that are listening to this podcast that are say they haven't really been connected to um um some of the aspects that you've been talking about, some of the principles you've been talking about. So this is the first time that they might have heard some of this stuff like barefoot hiking or like getting out in the sun, small input um, for a high output. Like what, is, what are three things that you think that are important for people listening to this to have in their medicine bag? Um, so probably the first one would be journaling. Like I put so much, I can find so much power into that aspect of journaling. Like just putting pen yeah. to paper is such a beautiful transmission and expression of yourself and you can like write yourself out of a shitty mood by bringing awareness of what's going on 
Like yeah. if you're feeling like you could be stuck in a path, like just stuck in that overwhelm, and as soon as you start writing, it's like I'm feeling overwhelmed. Why am I feeling overwhelmed? And just allow that writing to kind of keep building. Like you could be halfway down the page, and you could realize like actually I'm not overwhelmed. I'm just having just a lot of stuff on. This is actually super exciting. So that gives mm-hmm. you like having a practice like that, put pen and paper to get your thoughts out of your head and have that self inquiry allows you to figure out what is the deeper roots of what what's going on for you. And then using that as a practice that you can go. Um, awesome, the second one would be taking your shoes off and getting outside and standing in the dirt. It's like yeah. you don't have to sit under a tree and meditate like butter. Like you're just standing outside, feeling the, <laughs> feeling the dirt, dirt between your toes, feeling the sun on your skin, and just actually being present and feeling that. Like taking a couple of deep breaths. You don't have to be focused on like any specific types of meditation or breath work or anything. It's just like just be. Just allow yourself yeah. to tap into that. Mm. Um, and then the third one would be, yeah, just community. Having people around you that you can talk to, you can share what's going on with and being open about sharing that connection, that community, mm. communication with everyone around you because there's no point walking this path alone. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I guess a lot of people start to walk this path alone because this is a – potentially the new what this is the new way that more and more people are starting to find this holistic approach right so you you probably are walking alone for a little bit of it but you just need that one person that just gets it or just yeah. understands what you're up to and supports you because that's all you need is just we've all had it you've probably had it i've had it everyone that is looking at this same path has had it where they've yeah. dif- they've had differing views to what society uh, societal norms and what society says is like current mainstream practice, right? Yeah. And that's Matt, that's like you hit the nail on the head with it. It's like as you start doing this, like you're changing your vibration, you're changing what are the things that are most important to you. So that's gonna have a role on effect in right. Your previous self, that's not that might be in some certain things might be in alignment with what your previous self would have been. And that could have been like old friend groups, it could have been all of these different factors with it. You might you find yourself you're in there and you just you're not vibing with these people, so it's they can get really lonely. But it's the matter of like the more you can kind of see that and catch yourself with that, and then putting yourself out of your comfort zone to reach out to people that you feel will be in alignment with, and then doing mm-hmm. that. Like, because that was the biggest thing for myself. Like, I just was a lonely ninja for too long with this, and like, I caught myself in that because I didn't reach out, but it wasn't until I started mm-hmm. reaching out and building that network of like it's like everything was it was, it was a massive game changer for myself. Mm. yeah that's awesome man well that's that's really cool too i think we're gonna i think we've got like just a mountain of of information out there for them on on what you do and and a new way to look at at movement and and fitness man so i just want to touch on what you're actually doing so you're in perth you do the cold connection and the nature connection group so you have that in perth yeah um tell us a little bit about that um, so the cold connection and the nature connection, these are two of my staple workshops that I can try to run every like couple of months. Um, yep. I just had a cold connection there on Sunday, like it was wicked. Um, so it's basically, with the cold connection, it's a combination of movements, breath work, and ice immersion. So wow. every time we run that workshop, it is completely different because we just tap into who is coming on the day. And then yeah. that is the, that directs what it is that they need. So like with the movement side of it, it might be like, as you were saying, at the start of the wave, like, like how the first day was like a super light, gentle one where we're just teaching people to 
drop in with the body, so really nice, nice light breath work, and just having that connection with the body and just allowing themselves to like open up and move and feel. And um, whereas other weeks it might be like right, like get you into your body, and then we need to get you moving. Um, and I start yeah. really working on like bringing teeth you some key principles of movement, and then putting you through a workout. Just going to ramp that up and bringing that energy to it. And then from yeah. there we we merge into like a breath work practice, which. I could say um, it's just kind of a combination of like it's like a Wim Hof style, as it can, but like it takes from a lot of different elements of that, like um, like just really highly oxygenating your body, and then that's going to lead yeah. into the ice bath where we go through and jump into the ice. Um, and like when we're getting into the ice, like we don't like what you experienced in Bali, like we I get the ice as cold as possible, um, and then Gosh. I don't tell don't tell participants how cold it is or how long you're going to be in there because it's about trusting your body. Whereas if you know how long you're going to be in there, if you know how cold it is, that's when your mind can drop in or your ego can drop in. Whereas like yeah. it's teaching you how to tap into your body and learn how to surrender. Uh, and yeah, yeah it's such, such a powerful workshop. Like I absolutely love it. Yeah, that was the hard part in Bali. It's like you jump in the ice bath. Uh, and you don't know how much longer you're going to be in there for, and you don't even know how cold it is before you even get in there. And yeah. it was the coldest I've ever had. And yeah. for those listening, I'm a big fan of the cold, and that was that was intimidating, man. And we didn't know when we we're going to get out. You just were just guiding us through it, and that's another thing because the mind just goes, "Okay, I've got three minutes. Cool, got thirty seconds left." But then you're just like, "Shit, I could be in here for five minutes. I don't know." And that's the thing, like as we do it, it's like every group stayed in at a different time because I'm not getting these out of there until I can see all of these have actually surrendered to the water. And um, whereas mm-hmm. if you're still fighting it, like that's defeating the purpose of what it is. And like you can mm-hmm. see, like when if I still feel like you're fighting it, that's when I'd ask you and invite you to, to dunk your head under to get out of your head and into your body more. And like there's times mm-hmm. where we've got people like dunk their heads under maybe three or four times. Because you see them oh. just freaking out, but like sometimes we need to do that to learn how to let go and surrender and be. And it's not yeah. until you're in that place there. I was like, all right, you've done it. You can get out. Yeah, dude, wild, crazy. Yeah, it's weird. And, love it. and so you got the nature connection as well, where basically you take take a group out into nature. Is that how it rolls? Yeah, so you like take a group out into nature. Like we go for a hike, but um, we always started off with setting intention for what is for the day um, yeah. and then like we just go for different hikes around earth uh, like that might involve some breath work it might involve some like natural movement it might involve some tree climbing and um, if you are near water like we might go for a swim if it's colder we do some kind of breath work and cold water immersion and um, the last one we done like there was a section of it where like it was like complete silence for I think it was about an hour so everyone's just left their own devices with like certain things to think about and then just let wander around this like amazing, beautiful place that they have Bells Rapids for an hour and just have that tranquility oh, awesome. and time to sell like it was amazing. Um yeah, so yeah, gonna be launching another one of them pretty soon. Um, like, awesome, yeah, I love that. How many people did you get to the nature connection? Um, so I always keep it around like 14 or so like I don't like to have two bigger groups because it's more like yeah. intimate we can really like just drop it and build that like deep relationships yeah I like that that's nice dude and so you've also got the program like a your, your staple program called the wholesome model of being do you want yeah. to talk about that and where people if, if that's accessible to people listening so the people that uh, resonate with you right now 
Yeah, like the whole model being like that's going to be like it's it's basically everything that I encompass into this amazing twelve week container. Like like having so much fun being able to bring and guide people through that. Um, so it basically it's on a one to one basis uh, where we go through twelve weeks and. It's basically the whole th- relationship of that is like how to build a deep relationship with yourself. Um, and we're using the key principles of movement, breath work, natural living principles, and self inquiry. Um, mm. And over the, cor- over the course of the 12 weeks, like the first, first chunk of it is actually like really stripping things down and getting to know yourself, knowing how to really focus on like who am I? Who is, what is my values? What is, what is the things that light me up? Where are my triggers? When really going into that, like, deep set, set inquiry around that, as well as focusing mm. and getting, like, a really solid, like, movement practice down. And then after that, that's when we start uh, diving a bit deeper into that. And we can start diving a bit deeper into nutrition, into, like, um, like the masculine, feminine, into, like, um, shadow work and everything as well. So we can, like, put a bit mm. of deeper understanding of ourselves. And then, Towards the end, that's when we kind of learn how to like integrate all of this into our day-to-day being. So you know what to do and how to bring all of these changes into your dream life. And um, mm. like it's yeah, it's just amazing. Like absolutely love seeing the transitions and shifts of people as we walk through that program. Awesome, brother. That is awesome. So I'll guess we'll have, we'll have your website in the show notes and your Instagram. So if people want to connect with you, they can and they want to come along. If you if you're in Perth and you want to go along to the Cold Connection and the Nature Connection. The next time Finn runs them, you you can and then connect with him if you want to join his uh, program and and learn more about what he uh, he's so passionate about and and passionately teaching others too. Yeah, for sure. So, brother, that's that's been a, a wonderful episode. We're going to leave it at that. Um, just just uh, on the last note, is there one thing that you think um, for people listening today, like one thing that you I mean, I think we're probably you're probably going to nail this, but like one thing that you really want people to leave with, uh, one piece of knowledge that that you've learnt in your life that you really love to share with people right now. Um, yeah, like it's just having that truth and belief in yourself, like connecting mm. with yourself and really understanding with how you can build that connection and belief in yourself because mm. we all hold everything we need inside. It's just some people just need to peel back more layers than others to see that mm. yeah beautiful man building building that self-belief i feel you on that i sure. feel you on that i wouldn't be doing this podcast if i didn't start building that self-belief so it's definitely held, holds some power but thank you so much for for spending your time with me man it's a great to share your wisdom and yeah, those listeners out there would definitely had some new insights into what they're currently doing especially around movement and training and and injuries and and connecting back to nature so thank you so much for sharing that brother awesome man. pleasure and those that tuned in all the way to the end of this episode thank you so much for joining us both it is my pleasure to be able to be able to share these um, beautiful humans with you all and to share this podcast with you if i could ask for one thing in return is to share this podcast with others and to leave a review and and rating on iTunes that really helps this podcast get spread out there it has been doing some crazy numbers lately and getting up into the top 30 in Australia in alternative health but that happens from you you listeners by listening and sharing and and rating and reviewing so 
Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, my friends, stay happy, stay focused, and feel alive. Thank you so much for listening to the end. I'm incredibly grateful to share these magical lessons and experiences with you here. Please, if you can do anything right now, adopt the takeaways that our guests give you in each episode and use it in your life and share it with your loved ones because that's what matters. And remember this, Socrates once said, the secret to change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. It's time to wake up, my friends.